This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, I thank you for this day, and I ask you, God, that you'll speak to our hearts. God, I thought last week was a fun time, but Lord, I knew that uh, you were going to be up to something. And this week, you've made me live this verse and this passage all week long, from Wednesday to Wednesday. Lord, just like these, your children, I haven't succeeded in every way, but you have. And because of who you are, we can become stronger and we can become better. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. I want to talk to you tonight about a, a phrase, learning to walk. Now, there's a stage, you know, as a parent and a grandparent that you look forward to. You look forward to when the kids learn to walk. You look forward to them learning to toddle around, and you celebrate their first steps for about a week. And then they're into everything. Can I get an amen from anybody? And after about a week, and they're into everything, you're trying your best to figure out how to keep up, what to, how to pace yourself with them. You're trying to figure out how to connect into that at that moment. And, and, and you're realizing that two things are happening. One, they're going places you didn't intend for them to go. And they are, listen to this real carefully, they're walking out of your life. Because I always say those first steps are the steps to as they begin to grow and walk out of our lives. And I think what we have here in this passage is why I entitled this message tonight, Learning to Walk. Uh, it's a bit of more of a teaching time. I've given you uh, a paper if you've got one of those on the way, way in this morning or this evening. But in Galatians chapter 5, we're talking about learning how to walk because here's what it says. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit. Now, we, we have this churchy philosophy and we say, okay, are you walking in the Spirit? And people are like, well, I don't know what that means. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Well, to learn to walk in the Spirit is just the same way that we learn to walk in the flesh. We have to, we have to, have to see that. We have to have it led before us. We watch our, our parents walk. We watch the people in our lives walk. We then uh, receive the strength in our, our legs as our muscles develop, as we mature, to be able to then take those first steps. And so when I'm talking to you about learning to walk in the Spirit, what we have here is a very powerful truth that says we've got to teach you how to learn to do what some people have just said, well, do this. I wish that I had known now what I thought I knew then because if I, I mean, if I knew then what I know now, then I wouldn't have got myself into near as much trouble walking where I walked in life. And so I'm trying to learn how to walk by the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh because our flesh wants what it wants, but God's Spirit want, is wanting to change our appetites. He's wanting to change who we are. And, and, and I've got a long ways to go, and I feel it already starting in my heart that I'm not going to be able to get there. But I want you to realize something, and I feel this of the unction of the Holy Spirit, that God wants to change where you're willing to walk and what you're willing to partake of. 
You see, when you start this Christian walk, you are going places you have no business being, doing things you have no business doing, and you're saying, well, I, I don't understand why I'm not getting anywhere from God. And the reality is you're walking in the wrong path when what the Word is saying here is let's teach you how to walk according to what God's Spirit is trying to lead you in in your life. And this is important. And so it's not after what I want, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. How many of you have ever had the right intentions, but you always end up doing the wrong things? Anybody? Me, every time I go to Dairy Queen. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> Sorry. So I said, Pastor, what could you preach about if you didn't have Dairy Queen and Little Debbie's? I said, <laughs> that's my struggles. But anyways, let's go on. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Which are, listen to me carefully, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, arguments, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-promotion, dissension, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I told you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. I don't care what you did when you were 12 years old. If you're living like the devil, you better plan on spending your eternity with him. I want you to get this. Somebody said, Pastor, you don't understand. I went down and I prayed a prayer and I got baptized and I put my name in the roll of the, of the local church. Well, the local church is going to pass away in the end time, but the church of the living God is going to be with him. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And so you got to make up your mind. I'm going to allow my life to begin to line up with the life that Jesus Christ gave me. And I'm not going to be who I used to be anymore. Now, does that mean you're going to be tempted to be who you used to be? Yes. But can I just give you a bit of hope? Not in everything. There are things that I used to be tempted in that now repulse me. I'm like, what were you thinking? And then I realized I wasn't. I was not thinking. I was living according to an unwise lifestyle. But the fruit of the Spirit, listen to this, is love. How many need a little love in your life? Anybody? Somebody like, oh, no, no, we don't need love. How many need some love in your life? All right. Joy, peace, long-suffering. I don't want no patience. Come on now. <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Well, watch out. We're still talking about Dairy Queen now. Self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now notice this. If we then live by the Spirit, we will also walk in the Spirit. Let us walk in the Spirit. And so what I have to do is I have to identify is what I'm about to do of the flesh or of the Spirit. I don't mean to rehearse this, but but I, I've got a friend that will probably just shake his head when I say this because he had to hear me talk about this a couple times this week. But but I, I got in the flesh this week. You're like, Pastor, I got angry. 
Did anybody else get angry at all this week? All right, don't look at me like, whoa. I got angry. And so I picked up the phone to tell somebody just how wrong they were. I dialed. I, I dialed the number. I mean, I can be real mean to a voicemail. Come on, amen. I dialed the number, and somewhere between the number and the connection, I felt the Spirit kick in. And I was reminded of the word of Timothy, or Paul to Timothy, where he said, look, 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 you better treat this kind of person this way. And I went, wait, 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 I'm not above the word of the Lord. And though I felt justified, I was angry, but I was sinning. That's living by the flesh. So I had to change and bring myself into the spirit. Now, some of you would have been like, you tell them, Pastor. Come on now. We got you back. It's like I was standing out in the forty one day and a man comes up to me and he'd gotten set free from a lot of stuff in our church. And he said, hey, Pastor, I just want to tell you something. He said, if anybody ever bothers you, I'll cut them for you. I said, you what? He said, I, I promise you, nobody will know who it is, but I'll cut them. <laughs> I said, you will. I said, good to remember that. I'm proud to say I have never asked him to do that. I have thought about it three times. Come on now, but I've never asked him to do <laughs> Some of you are like, come on now. Your neighbor steals your lawnmower and don't bring it back. You're thinking about it. But the truth is, I realize that I can't operate by what I want. I have to operate by what his spirit says. Because if you had not figured it out yet, life is full of minefields. And he wants to blow up your testimony. He wants to rob you of the love, the joy, the peace, and the self-control and the things you've already... You're not who you... I'm just going to get... You're not who you were a few months ago. You're not where you were a few months ago. God's doing something inside of you. God's working. You can't get in these altars and God not change your life. You can't get in this atmosphere and the Spirit of God not do something great inside of you. And you've got, you're learning to do something. You're learning to engage your spirit. And as you're learning to engage your spirit, your flesh has to succumb to the power of the Spirit. But the problem is we hit a minefield and our flesh gets wakened. We're like, would you just go back to sleep? But then it's awake and we're angry, we're frustrated. Or, you know, a lot of people say, well, if I hadn't had a bad day, I wouldn't have went back to that. You know what? You shouldn't have went back to it even on a bad day. God's grace is just as sufficient on a bad day as it is on a good day. Somebody said, I wouldn't have come to church tonight if I knew pastors were going to deal with cleaning stuff. I told you, I've had to live this for a week. I didn't get to preach it last week, and God's been like, mm-hmm, how you doing with that? I'm going to talk to my people about it. How you doing? I'm like, well, apparently not so good. You see, you got to understand something about Galatians 5, though. And this is where the, the, the disagreement comes into. There's a disagreement going on here about how to handle spiritual matters in physical ways. And that's where people want to argue about. Should I do this? Should I not do this? And, 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 and the reality is that I think there's something 
important in that teaching. But what I want to deal with you about tonight is you have to realize that the bigger problem is you allow the physical world to control your spiritual world. You can't worship if you are going through a struggle and you allow the physical struggle you're going through to determine the level of your worship. But the level of your worship should not be determined by your situation. The level of your worship should be determined by the image of God that you have. This week, as I sat in my office, I just began to worship. God, you're still God. You're still good. And I think those old songs we went to last week came back rushing into my soul. And it brought back some. And I ended up singing that, uh, Lord, you are more precious than silver. Remember that old, anybody remember that old song? And I was just sitting there worshiping and crying. And I thought, you know, the devil showed up. He said, well, your family's going to think you're crazy in here. And I went, they already know that. It's not changing. I'm going to see God no matter what. And I felt him. You see, your spiritual condition should become the leading factor in your overall being. This is important. Born again becomes our reality. I want you to listen to this. Being born again becomes our, becomes our new reality. It's not me trying to be born again. I am born again. And it changes how I view everything. I'm not that person anymore. That's not who I am. I can't go back to that. I don't fit in that anymore. I have no business doing those things anymore. And when I get to that, am I making sense to anybody tonight? When I get to that reality, God starts changing things in my life. But the problem is we get stirred up in our flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. And Paul says, wait a minute, you're stirred up in your flesh. And we mix that with human thoughts and interactions. And you look at me wrong and I look at you wrong. And before long, there is nothing spiritual about us. And here's what Paul says. You're arguing about how to control yourself physically to show the spiritual reality when what he says is he doesn't get away, he doesn't do away with the spiritual uh, uh, side of worshiping and the physical side of worshiping God. He never, he never abandons that. But what he says is, he says, instead of saying, I worship God by the physical, he says, worship God in the spiritual so that it changes your physical. Oh, let me just bring that in modern day. Your life should look different than your neighbor's. They ought to be uncomfortable when you invite them over. Because you say, we pray in this house. We're going to show the blessing. They go. Say, no, 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 no. You know what I've started doing about saying the blessing? Everywhere I go, people say, well, you, we're going to say the blessing. And you, you, know, you know what I do now? I go. Because <laughs> everybody's like, let him do it. I'm like. I'm trying to decide which one of them is going to do it. Come on, amen. I'm like, they don't want to pray in front of the preacher. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> but don't do that to your lost neighbors. But let them know you're righteous. And I don't mean by screaming I'm righteous. It means by them watching you. Well, do I have to tell that story? <laughs> okay, are you the Holy Spirit? I'm just playing. <laughs> She's like, we want to hear it. Okay, because you know I'm going to tell my failures. So, uh, we're living uh, in a nearby uh, community, and uh, and we made the mistake of being uh, a newlywed family moving onto a retired street. They didn't like us, and so one day, some things had happened. I wasn't home, 
And Christina calls me just weeping. I mean, we're a new father, new marriage, new life, you know, and, and we've been married maybe four or five years at this time. And, and, uh, Bethany was probably a year, year and a half or so. I don't know, something like that. And, and, and Christina calls me and says, the neighbor just came up here and cursed me out. Now, I think about that for a moment. I mean, Brandon, what would you do if Savannah called you and said, well, the neighbor's your brother, you just whip him. But anyway, no, I'm just like, I'm just like, <laughs> but what would you do if your neighbor calls? So I go home and I park in my driveway. My driveway is real steep. I start walking down the driveway and they live three houses over. And when I got there, you trust me, he was going to have a new understanding of answering his door. And as I came around the curve, because there was a house and two more houses was his, and as I came around the curve, a man walked out of that house and he said these words to me. He said, Preacher, don't bring that up right now. He said, Every family on this street watches you on television and you're about to prove if what you preach is real or not. I wanted to look at him and say, Shut your mouth. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, you're about to prove it to him. Are you really a Christian or not? Thank God for lost neighbors. Because I turned myself around and I went back and I consoled my wife. And I didn't even feel like a man, but I felt like a warrior. Because I might not have protected my wife, but we won for the kingdom of heaven. And when, and when it all comes down to it and they start calling you to do their funerals or to minister to their family when they found out their wife has cancer, you'll know if you want her lost. See, I didn't come in here to tell you that you've got to somehow, you know, like, you know, do what I do, I'm, the way I honor the Sabbath. And I think I honor the Sabbath correct because I picked it up in Israel. But I'm not telling you those things. I'm telling you that the way you honor God in your life should be the byproduct of how you honor God in your heart. And if you're honoring God in your heart, then your life's going to line up. It's going to line up and you're not going to be arguing over what they argued about in Galatians 5. You're going to be, you're going to be more focused on, you know, what reason? Because I don't care. Listen to me. You can wear every, every, you know, I mean, the Bible says that they, they've tied things on their hands. They have things between their eyes. You can have every curl and every, I mean, if you ever fly to Israel, you're going to realize that it, the, the, the traditions are everywhere. You can have every curl and every hat and every shawl and you can have everything just perfect. That doesn't make you spiritual. But in the same manner in your life, the righteous saint of the living God has no business out partying with his neighbor. Don't make me come find my own amens. This is what Paul said. He said, I tell you, here's how you're going to deal with all this. Walk by the Spirit. Learn to walk in the Spirit. And to figure out what that means, he says this. We need to go back a few verses, basically, to verse 14. Verse 14 says this. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He said, look, all this other stuff is, is, is there. And it's important. But I don't care what you look like. If, you, if you're spewing out venom on your neighbor, 
you're not right in any physical or spiritual way. And we've got to get you where you need to be. Because here's what he said. This is important. The spirit-led life is a life of love, folks. It must first be a life that you're in love with God. And then that love manifests. Oh, oh, uh oh, uh oh. I didn't mean to go here, but what's that phrase? Um, Oh, real love now. We believe in a real God who can really change your life and the way you love God's by loving others. You're not in love with God if you can't love the brother that you can see because he said you can't love the God that you can't see if you can't love the neighbor that you can see. Am I making sense to anybody? Okay. Let me just say this. Verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Listen to me. I have watched too many spirit-filled people resemble verse 15 more than 14. It is because we start setting standards of physical realities to reveal if we are spiritual. How long's your hair? How long's your skirt? How long's your sleeves? How long, how long is this? How many songs do you sing in your church? What kind of songs do you sing in your church? Where does this go? What's happening over here? And we set these spiritual marks to say, well, are they spiritual? And the reality is you can't look in the natural. You can only see the fruit that's a byproduct of the spiritual and it'll change who we are. I really feel like I'm, I've got a simple teaching tonight, but it's truth. You see, but the truth is, if we live in the fullness of our new God-given spiritual reality, these will not be standards, but rather products of a spirit-filled life. We'll change who we are in the physical. They'll line up with the things of God. Verse 16, and I'm going to start wrapping up tonight, it says this. It says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against God, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. I'm going to skip down to verse 19, and I've actually added a little commentary into this, but listen to me. It says, now the works of the flesh are obvious. You get these. They make you want to do sexually immoral things. They make you want to do morally impure things. They make you want to be promiscuous. They make you want to worship idols. They make you get involved in sorcery and they make you hate people. They make you prejudiced. Should I say that? It makes you have strife. It makes you have jealousy. It, 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 well, I'm just going to say outburst of anger. It gives you road rage. Somebody said, move on, pastor. Watch this. We stop somewhere above. We usually stop somewhere around sorcery, hatred, and jealousy. But we miss this part where it says, and you seek selfish ambition. You're really only thinking about yourself. You cause division and factions. You get drunk. And, and the word carousing in this, but, but most actually say you're involved in, 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 in just massive sexuality. And anything similar. He said, I'm warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The reference there is about the benefits of being part of the kingdom of God, church. I want you to get this. And here's how he closes, and I'll close with this tonight. The fruit of the Spirit, notice this, is love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against these things. God wants you growing in all these things. And I think what happens is we say, God, you take all these things from my life, and what am I, what am I walking away from? But God says, I'm not going to call you to walk away from something that I don't have something better waiting for you. You... When I was a youth pastor, and I used to, I used to make this phrase too much, I'd say, be careful what you do because what you don't want to wake up tomorrow regretting what you did today. Can I tell you, you can wake up tomorrow thankful for what you did today because you'll be reaping a harvest of righteousness. And, 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 and I need you to understand that word there because our hope for righteousness is not in ourselves. Our hope for righteousness is in God's Spirit. God's Spirit is the only way we're ever going to get to this place of doing better. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's that, that simple. You need a move of God in your life. We're going, and what we're going to do next week, maybe, is we'll, or, or in the next few weeks, we'll unpack this. But this is so important. Paul says this. He 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 says it later. He says, "For the hope of righteousness is by the Spirit." Galatians five five. For the hope of the righteousness is by faith. Come on. In other words, by the Spirit and faith in the Spirit. That's the only way we're going to get righteous. What it means is, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. But my hope is not in my messing up. My hope is in the fact that He didn't mess up. He didn't mess up. And He said that by His Spirit, that the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead is now working inside of me. So that when I look at what used to pull me down, now I'm not fighting it by myself, but I've got this thing called the Holy Spirit wrapping himself around me, putting himself upon me, and he's helping me do better. He's helping me become what God's called me to be. I know what you say, Pastor. We love it when you go old school on these time Wednesday nights, but I, I am old school. I'm just all the way back in the New Testament right now. I'm as old school as you get. You need to walk by the Spirit not been walking by the Spirit in your home, repent. If you've not been walking by the Spirit in your relationships, repent. If you've not been walking by the Spirit on your jobs, guess what? Repent. Forgive. Love. Begin to let God help you shut your mouth when it needs to be shut. May He send you a grumpy old neighbor to remind you, Christian. Don't see if it's real or not. And may you have enough function of the Holy Ghost to realize souls are in the balance. Your family's watching. Stay with me. Obviously, I got halfway through this what I gave you. But I think I obeyed the Holy Spirit tonight. I was walking by the Spirit. Because trust me, my flesh says, you can preach 30 more minutes. But my spirit says, be a man of your word. Honor the time you told those teachers that are praying for deliverance, you'd be done for life, man. Bow your heads with me in this place. I love preaching. I love the fire of the Holy Spirit. But I also love when I see God's word planting in your souls. This morning as we were doing the Bible translation, I was translating from Psalms 80. 
And he said, I, he said, he said, we are the vine that God carried out of Egypt and he, he dug a right place for us and he planted us and he caused us to, to grow and to flourish and to become. And, and, and then we forgot him and, and, and then he allowed us to be consumed, but, but the vine's still planted. I don't know who you are today, but you need to listen to what I'm about to say. God has started a good work in you that if you will let the Holy Spirit live in you and through you, it will flourish. And even though you've backed up in some areas and you've given up ground, He will cause you to overtake that again. And you will grow. And you will become. Normally this is where I have you raise your hand if I spoke to you or I give you a chance to come to the altars, but I just feel like everybody in this room, from the oldest Christian to the youngest Christian, and even those that are just still investigating, you all need one simple prayer and we'll pray this over you. God, teach us to walk. Teach us to walk by the Spirit. Not by a checks and balance of, did I do this right? And did I say this right? And did I pay this right? Did I do that right? Lord, but by a, a, a simple faith that says, I'll do what's right when I'm living according to the Spirit who is right. Lord, change my heart. Change our lives. Make us yours. Let us grow and let us become everything you want us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 How many are thankful for Jesus tonight? Amen. Well, the Lord is good. Be blessed. And I'll pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you Sunday morning. Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.